Welcome to Fearless with Mark and Amber, the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. If you are new to the show, welcome. We're glad you're here. The Lord has had us on an incredible journey with our filmmaking ministry, and we're just getting started. In 2017, we formed a nonprofit filmmaking ministry, Fearless Features. We went from short films to feature-length documentary film, and now author and speakers. And we're here to share this crazy life and all that goes with it here on the show. Welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome to our noisy little studio here this afternoon. It is noisy today, you guys. <laughs> We've got helicopters and construction crew. So we'll we'll try and keep it. We'll talk loud, like directly into the mics. Yeah, it's not much you can do. I mean, they're, the neighbors are getting new siding. I'm a little jealous. Yeah. Well, and first things first, I mean, the kids went back to school today. Oh my goodness, yes. I am excited for them. I am I am really excited for them to go and be with their peers. It's a little, it's, uh, you know, I was just on the phone with with somebody and we were talking about that. And I said, you know, it's, it's a little bittersweet because they've been home for so long. Yeah. And so it sort of feels like that first time they are going to kindergarten all day. Yeah, it's not the, it's not the, it's, I'm glad they're going to school. Oh my gosh, it's been terrible. No. It's, it's a, I am so glad that they get to get outside <laughs> of the house yeah. and be with their friends. And such a different dynamic already just with Caitlin. She's, she's glad to have mom and dad to herself. Oh my gosh, you guys. And I'm going to have to post a picture with this podcast on the blog because she's like, <laughs> she is so cute. <laughs> well, we're biased, but she is cute. Well, she, she is cute. She just turned two. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, she's learning to ride her tricycle. She's got a yes. little red radio flyer <laughs> and she's full of sass. Oh so, my. you know, the home office is always fun and it's different now that the the big girls are gone mm-hmm. and, you know, the two-year-old runs around in the office. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just, sh- a, just a, you know, parents <laughs> endorsement on the radio flyer tricycle <laughs> with, if you're the, with the push along handle if you're shopping make sure you get one with the push handle <laughs> this is a i don't know why they didn't have these before but this is a wonderful thing i oh, just yeah. call it the back saver yeah 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 and you don't have to use it for very long i mean you know katie has figured out forward it's funny how they always figure out how to go backwards first <laughs> yeah but now she's figured out forward she just got to build up the leg strength mm-hmm. So, so that's, that's behind the scenes, you guys, like just total crazy life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that plus the fact that we're finally back online. Oh my gosh. Out of power. We were out out of of internet for two days. Yeah. Well, we were not, we weren't out of power for two days, but, um, yeah, it was crazy. That crazy storm that swept through, it came through Illinois, through Chicago. It was like Mm -hmm. this, this bow line came through and we were racing the storm Trying to get home. Trying to get home. And it was like seen straight out of Twister. It was pretty crazy. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> There's debris flying all over. There's stuff flying across the road. <laughs> there and... are trees down in the road <laughs> on our way home. <laughs> and we get home. We get we pull into the drive and into the garage. Close the and door. And close the door. And then I said, well, should we leave the garage door open in case the power goes out? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then, and then the power goes out. Whoop. So that was the girls. The big girls thought it was great fun because you know 
They, they don't think they remember power outages right. as of recently. So, <laughs> you know, everybody's getting their flashlights and mm. wanting to tell spooky ghost stories. Right. And in, <laughs> and in the background, of course, I've got battery backups for all these things. So they're <laughs> all beeping. Beep, 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 beep. Like I don't know that the power is out. <laughs> and, uh, great fun. Great fun. So they, they thought it was cool until they realized that their fans didn't work. <laughs> and they to kept switch, trying to switch on the lights. <laughs> Mom, how do I go to the bathroom? I don't know. Leave the door open. <laughs> Take the flashlight. Take a flashlight. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. And then it was, you know, panic. Dad, this doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dad, my fan won't turn on. Well, that's because the power's out. But. I need my fan. Well, I'm there sorry. Was, there was a new appreciation for a whole lot of right. things that, you know, that we just take for granted every day. Yeah. And then it came back on what, about 1230 at night. Yeah. And then it was fine. But then in the morning, our our internet was still not on. Oh, and, two days without internet. And, Struggle is real. And then we were just down. So it's yeah. fine. So, <laughs> but it was but great. It, it was a good break. So it is a little, are. But it's, it's hard to produce online content when you have no online <laughs> yeah like the last time we lost our internet was actually just like a month ago and and there was this this mix up and our account got deleted because we were switching our phones over mm-hmm. and then we were out for almost two days mm-hmm. and burned up Fun all of our times. data on our phones trying to read our emails yeah anyway so anyway here we are Today, we are picking up with chapter nine from the book, chapter The nine. Backup Controversy, from the companion book to our documentary film, Inwood Drive, which, on a side note, our first run of books should be here next week. I was just going to ask, where are the books? I am excited. I can't wait. <laughs> so, um, and last week, we discussed chapter eight, Dr. Cly, an unlikely hero. That's because Dr. Cly, he plays a major role in our city, becoming known as the second largest abortion desert in the United States. Mm-hmm. Like, I I cannot stress that enough. I'm, like, just flabbergasted that where we live right here in Fort Wayne, Indiana, we were, like, the second largest. I don't know if we still are. I mean, it's been a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. But anyway, and you can see why and how that happened in the film. I mean, it's, like, why we tell the story. Yeah. You Originally, know, and- that really was why we started was how did we become an abortion desert, which means you can't. Have you don't have access to an abortion clinic within, within a hundred mile, mile radius, radius. Yep. and we're and we're right at the edge of that because South Bend has Whole Woman's Health now. Yeah, so. I remember it was May when that article came out when I saw it in mm-hmm. um, Life News, and then in July we sat down with Kathy and told her, you know, we we had been praying about it mm-hmm. and just asking the Lord, like, how do we get involved? We we know that you want us to do something. What is it? And my oh my. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who could have guessed what the lord really had in store and speaking of which and just you know up to the minute current events the mm-hmm. announcement from the biden campaign this morning oh, of who yes. his running mate is this is absolutely the most pro-abortion ticket ever oh, it is absolutely. so incredibly sad I, I don't i don't even know how to begin to process yeah the wickedness of of those two. Yeah. And it just, uh, it, you know. Just I, on I, the life matter. Yeah. I mean, let's let's just talk about the life matter. Yeah. And that's when I read that and I, I told you, I said, if there was ever a time when it is so important and Inwood Drive, if you have not seen the film, 
please go watch it. It is all yeah. about the importance of voting pro-life. And, and you'll see why your vote matters. Why your vote matters. Mm-hmm. Because the way George Klopfer was shut down had nothing to do with presidential politics. No. It had everything to do with county and local and eventually state-level politics. And those are things, guess what? Those are things that you can affect. Those are things that you can get involved in right now. It doesn't It doesn't take a lot of frustrating lack of results because we all know how fun it is to try and get a hold of our congressmen and senators. Right. Uh, anyway. Chapter 9 is the backup controversy. So when we, when we left off last week, we were talking about Jeff Cly and how he got involved and that he was seeing this rash of injuries coming in. He would be the on-call physician in the emergency room, and he kept getting called in to deal with these post-abortive, serious, post-abortive very serious issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, women with all kinds of issues, punctured uterus, uh, you know, excessive hemorrhaging, bleeding, and these were all the handiwork of George Klopfer. Mm-hmm. And he got really frustrated with it and finally reached out to Kathy Humbarger at what was an Allen County Right to Life, now Right to Life of Northeast Indiana, mm-hmm. and said, I'm tired of this. What are you going to do about it, <laughs> basically? Yeah. yeah. And uh, that was what began all of this push to get legislation in place. So they tried this first at the state level, and it got shot down at the state level, and pure, purely politics. Mm-hmm. There's an interesting point. And you see it in the film. Yeah, I mean, you see it in the film. And there's an interesting point in the book uh, where where we discuss this this process of when he was when they were first trying to get it passed at the state level, and who stood in opposition. Mm-hmm was not who you would think. It was actually who shot it down was the hospital lobby. Mm-hmm. And the hospital lobby, you know, every everybody's got to have a lobbying organization, right? Mm-hmm. And the hospitals, of course, have... Well, that's politics. That's politics. Yep. So they have a lobbying group, the Indiana Hospital Lobby, and they were the ones that basically said, we're going to oppose this. Mm-hmm. And if we oppose it, then you're not going to be able to get it to pass. Jeff, of course, didn't understand because Jeff was trying to actually do the right thing and not everybody else was interested in that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's an interesting kind of a dynamic because when you really look at it, the hospitals, what their reasoning was, was they said, we don't want these people in our hospitals because Mm -hmm. first it was trying to make the abortionists have admitting privileges. Mm -hmm. So in other words, if you make the mess, you need to be able to clean up the mess. Well, which was just happening not too long ago out west. Uh, Was it Louisiana? Louisiana and Texas. And Texas. Yeah. And both of those got struck down. Right. Because they're not, they don't have the same, same language as here in Indiana. Mm -hmm. um, Because we have a backup Right. Physician. And, and they didn't have a backup physician. The Louisiana and Texas bill did not have a backup in their mm-hmm. language. Um, so that meant the abortionists actually would have admitting privileges into the hospital. But like what we're talking about today, Dr. Jeff Cly, he was the backup physician, right. which let's lead into the controversy here. Right. So the controversy in all of this was. Of course, it failed at the state level because the hospital lobby said, we don't want these people in our hospitals. Mm -hmm. 
And when you think about it, it you, and you always so. yeah, you always follow the money and always and it you know either money going out or money that you can potentially lose. And as I point out in the book, is that you know if if the if the denial of admitting privileges is shifted to the hospitals, now who's going to get sued? Mm-hmm. Because you can guarantee somebody's going to get sued. Oh yeah. It's going to be the ACLU. It's going to be the Center for Reproductive Rights. It's going to be all the usual players. Mm-hmm. And that was really, I think, what it, what it mostly was about was the hospitals looking at this from a liability standpoint, saying we don't, not only do we not want them here, but we don't want this to have to be our decision. Yeah, the problems. Because if it's mm-hmm. our decision, then they'll come after us. We yeah. want it to be a regulatory issue so that we have insulation from mm-hmm. this. So... Indiana is what's called a uh, a home rule state. And so that means that constitutionally, and Indiana is not the only state mm-hmm. that has this. Constitutionally, usually in states, you know, as you move up from municipality to county, county to state, state to national, those laws tend to overrule everything below them. So state law usually over overrides county county overrides municipal so they all have to kind of jive with each other usually in a home rule state that's true to an extent but in a home rule state counties in indiana can actually pass ordinances relating to things like health care as long as it doesn't come in direct conflict so they couldn't get this passed at the state level but they could propose it and pass it for Allen County, Mm -hmm. which was going to affect Klopfer's primary uh, location on Inwood Drive. Mm -hmm. And so that's where this all started. And so it went through two years of back and forth trying to get this going. They finally passed it. It was unanimous, three to nothing, unanimous vote. And they passed at the county level in Allen County, what was called the, the patient safety ordinance mm-hmm. that required any itinerant physicians, which includes LASIK surgery and liposuction and abortionists and anybody else who comes in, does a job and then leaves, but doesn't reside in the county. Right. Because the problem was the itinerant. It right. wasn't actually the doctors that we have here because right. they're all held at a standard. Right. And they all have you know, admitting privileges. So, <laughs> right. um, so what happened was they passed it and then, then the game began with Klopfer. Mm-hmm. And I point out in the book that all Klopfer really had to do in this to his defense was nothing. Right. He just, once they passed it, all he had to do was say, well, I can't find anybody. And, and that's exactly what he did. And that's exactly what he did. Mm-hmm. And therefore, this is unconstitutional, and you pass this just to target me, and it's not fair, oh, yeah. and I refuse to comply. Right. And that's what happened. So with about three days to go before this patient safety ordinance was to come into effect, and, and let's be clear what the ordinance said, is that to, to Klopfer, all he had to do, the, all he had to do was to get a backup physician and this doesn't mean somebody to do abortions on his behalf. This means somebody... This is someone who already has admitting privileges in the hospital. Somebody who has admitting privileges in the hospital, name and a phone number, 
to be in compliance. Right. So that when somebody comes in with complications from what he's done, they know who to call. Because there were severe complications showing up in our local hospitals and our local doctors Mm -hmm. were having to take care of them. And I would point out that none of the other itinerant physicians had a problem with this. Right. With finding somebody as a backup. Right. Right. Nobody but Klopfer. Yeah. So the first thing that happens is that they wait until about three days before and Klopfer um, files a petition for an injunction mm-hmm. with, in the county court. So uh, Klopfer, Planned Parenthood, the ACLU, and the Center for Reproductive Rights, incidentally, majority of their funding comes from Spooky Dude, George Soros. <clears throat> anyway, uh, they knew that, of course, the minute the ordinance was put into effect, Klopfer would be in non-compliance, and he would have to shut down, and that was their entire argument in court. As evidenced by the motion for preliminary injunction against the patient safety ordinance, and I quote, the ordinance concerning public safety, Allen County Code Title 10, Article 8, that is challenged in this case, is scheduled to go into effect on June 1, 2010, and will cause plaintiffs and their patients and their patients irreparable harm for which there is no adequate remedy at law. Never mind them showing up with severe damage to their life and health. Right. Add to that uh, point number four, the public interest will be served by the grant of a preliminary injunction. For those of you who don't know legalese at all, an Please injunction an injunction is put a stop to it. So it's this is going into effect on this date. You get an injunction, it puts a stop to it mm-hmm. until it goes to court. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, their legal case uh, was pretty solid from the standpoint of um, they were they were going to win this. Mm-hmm. And I'm not siding with them, but right. from a legal analysis, they were going to win this. Mm-hmm. Because as I said, all that Klopfer had to do was say, I can't find anybody. It's not fair. Well, and, and him knowing it, knowing that, it makes perfect sense. Right. And so, um, you know, in the world of abortion, the abortion industry, of course, unaccountable abortionists are better than accountable ones. Um my favorite character in all this, let's back up to when the, the patient safety ordinance was being proposed, mm-hmm. and uh, Betty Cockrum, who came up from Indianapolis. She was the then president and CEO of Planned Parenthood of Indiana. And she came up to make comments when this was first introduced. Mm-hmm. Let me just play, this is actually a, just a snippet right from the film. My name is Betty Cockrum, and I am president and CEO of Planned Parenthood of Indiana. I'm here today because you are contemplating an ordinance that seeks to address a problem that does not exist. There is absolutely nothing other than anecdotal information provided by two of legions of doctors here um, in your county. One of the things I sometimes joke about um, I grew up 45 miles north in LaGrange, and I was taught, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And my message here this morning is largely, it ain't broke. Um, this, is, this isn't, there is, no, there is no pressing, urgent need that needs to be addressed in this particular case. There's an incredibly low complication rate 
for abortion procedures. It's much safer than going full term with a pregnancy. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, where do you so, start? So, uh, you know, just just let that one sink in for a minute. You know, I, I think the sad thing is it's it's hard to comprehend when the facts are what they are mm-hmm. and people intentionally to save the industry. Mm-hmm. Th- this is all about money um, rather than the safety and health of of the patients and the people. Um, and add to that that she sat down and made that statement after Jeff Cly had sat there for almost an hour going through case oh, after yeah. case after case. Mm-hmm. He had just had a woman in the ER mm-hmm. 24 hours before this even yeah. started. It's really, it's, it's frustrating. I mean, when you, when you just look at it and listen to it, it's, it's frustrating to mm-hmm. think that, that people are intentionally wanting others to be put in harm's way. I mean, George Klopfer was a sloppy, dangerous physician, doctor, Mm -hmm. abortionist, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. And as I point out in the book, you know, not to be, not to be, uh, crass about it. I don't mean that at all, but Klopfer had one job and he couldn't even do that right. Yeah. I mean, as, as an abortionist, he was a terrible abortionist. I mean, he was, he was leaving baby parts in women. He was puncturing their uterus. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's horrendous. Yeah. He's just, he was awful. And, and to watch this woman get up there and she just, just without any regard at all, never once in anything that she said, did she show any regard for any of the women? Nope. She didn't say, we regret that these injuries have happened. She didn't say anything about it. No, in fact, what did she say? She said exactly the opposite. There is nothing to see here. Move along. Nothing to see here. Move along. This is all, this is all allegorical, you know, just we have... You have no proof, you know, that, excuse me. <laughs> so uh, I've got another clip here of when she was being challenged then by Nelson Peters, mm-hmm. uh, County Commissioner Nelson Peters, who we'll talk about next In week. Next week's episode. Yes. Yeah. I'm but, excited to introduce this new character to right, you. But the, so this is Nelson kind of uh, giving it to her. Is the problem with the abortion language or is the problem with with all of the language that exists in the ordinance with respect to the outpatient uh, surgical tissue removal? I'm here because of the abortion language. I I would think that you would find as other members of the healthcare community start to think about what the implications of this might be and how the language is written and, Mm -hmm. and, and whether or not that means that you all could decide or someone could decide that means that they should have admitting privileges that you would hear from them. Okay, now I am down to my last question. I've heard you say twice now uh, that one of the things you learned in your LaGrange County upbringing was that if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I hear that a lot, but I also always think, okay, if it ain't broke, can you make it work a little bit better? I most recently came back to government from manufacturing. One of the things they always pushed was continuous improvement, continuous improvement, continuous improvement. Could it not be said that what's that what has been brought to us today uh, does indeed have that same effect? Does indeed enhance the quality of medical care in the community? I guess my first response to that would be. 
you can certainly make the argument that if, in fact, there are a number of these kinds of incidents here in Allen County where, where complications arise from um, an abortion procedure and being certain that there's uh, and, it, and, it, uh, and a physician who has admitting privileges and that then creates backup, um, I can see that argument. I, I just I just don't think that's one of the um, one of the more pressing issues for here for Allen County in the whole health care continuum. Um, I think if you looked, you'd find there are complication rates for some other things that nobody's paying attention to because there aren't values issues attached to okay. it. I love, I love that because there's not values issues attached to it. So let's move on. Look away. Right. Don't look over here. I love Nelson's analogy and how he just, he just cuts down to the bone of yeah. the issue is yeah, why give is me, it? Give me your problem. Why is it such a difficult thing to improve? Mm -hmm. they, there's resistance at all costs. Well, <clears throat> doctors are held and regulated mm -hmm. at certain standards. And here you have abortionists. They, this is outpatient surgery. Mm -hmm. You, it's invasive surgery that yes, you're doing, and they have no regulation. There, there's little, little to none. I mean, the, it's and and this is the thing. And I and I I talk about this in the book. Is you know, listen, you can't have it both ways. Abortion mm -hmm. industry, mm -hmm. safe and legal, not. Not uh, even they don't, close. They don't even tout that anymore. No, you're not even trying to be safe and legal anymore. If you were, you would hold yourself to minimum the same standards of everyone else. But what? anytime you're asked to be held to the same minimum standards as every other surgeon, mm -hmm. the sky's falling and we bring out, you know, all the legal guns and just, you know, fire away. Mm -hmm. There's nothing about this that makes any sense at all. But then that's the world that we're living in. So, so the controversy. Let's so get back to the, the backup controversy. So, the, so now you fast forward again to the bill has been passed and it's about to go into effect. Klopfer, ACLU, Center for Reproductive Rights, they and it, Planned Parenthood was not officially part of this lawsuit, but they file a lawsuit to seek an injunction. Mm -hmm. The only thing that's going to save this is if Klopfer gets a backup mm -hmm. he doesn't he hasn't even tried to get a backup so what's going to happen and mm -hmm. i point out the one element the one wild card that none of them <laughs> no planned on was coming. the guy who started this yep. Jock, dr jeff klein yep. the guy who bravo jeff I'll give bravo you jeff because Love jeff you, was actually trying to do the right thing yeah. and so he he took it a step further and he said because you jeff know what? actually it, he cares about his patients he, he cares about the women in our community and he hates seeing women losing some of the most precious components of themselves mm -hmm. to a sloppy man and so Jeff was the one who saved this ordinance. Now, so he stood stood up and said, "Fine, if no one else will, I will." Yeah. So, so again, what that means as a backup physician is that all he has to do is say that he is the backup physician mm -hmm. and give his name and telephone number, so that if anyone shows up in the emergency room who came from Klopfer's office, Jeff would be the one to take that call. Right. 
which he was already he was already he was doing. already having to deal with this. Yep. So the only difference is a basically a piece of paperwork. Exactly. Now, what people didn't understand, they they said, "Why on earth is a pro life Catholic doctor helping be, helping what the abortionist?" Assumed. Right, and and the the articles he was he was being blasted, lambasted, <laughs> just awful. And what people didn't understand, this is this is the short sightedness of people yeah. that are watching from the sidelines. What they didn't understand was that the only thing that was going to save this ordinance was. Jeff stepping up and being his backup mm -hmm. in the short term. Did it allow Klopfer to keep operating? Yes. But if he hadn't, Klopfer would have been allowed to keep operating and there would exactly. have been no recourse at all. Right. What was being done was that the the flooring, the trap door, if you will, was being put under Klopfer and he thought that he was safe. Mm-hmm. But what had happened was that the stage had been set for what would eventually bring down Klopfer. Now, mm -hmm. it was going to take some time yet, mm -hmm. but people, most people didn't see that. When, yeah. So we asked Jeff mm -hmm. what that did to his practice. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, you know, you have to remember, like, this is a seven-year battle mm -hmm. that we took and broke down into two hours. Yeah. You know, an hour and a half. And, and so there is so much information that through this seven year, you know, legal battle and, you know, just conflict, controversy, it's it's really incredible to see the whole thing. But then, you know, once coming out on the other side of it, you're like, wow, look at what what these people have done. Mm -hmm. I mean, because it was just a handful of people here in in Allen County right. who who were able to. I, I still I still can't you know, I don't I don't know why I, I get so excited, but I just think what they accomplished here in Allen County set the precedent for the state and four abortion clinics were closed. Mm -hmm. So I, I want to give Jeff the last it's, word. Three here. of those were George Klopfer's. Yeah, three add. of them were Klopfer's. So I want to give Jeff the last word here and yes. talking about what how he had to deal with this. So mm -hmm. here's here's Dr. Jeff Cly. Yeah, I, I it did. I did take some flack for doing this and. When the articles in the paper came out, it, they're somewhat confusing, at least when I read them, because it sounds like, oh, my gosh, this guy is providing abortion backup and doing abortions at night and weekends for Klopfer. And so it, it wasn't as clear as I would have hoped it would have been. And so when people would say, what what's going on? Because because I've always been kind of a, a rule follower, being the oldest child, I'm I'm um, pretty heavy involved into a men's a men's group, a Catholic Christian men's group. So people knew me from that that aspect of things, and so when they heard that I here I am covering the abortion doctor, they were a little surprised. But when I told them the the ones who asked me and then or would would read if emails that I would send out to my friends, I said I'm trying to protect patients. I don't like abortions. I I don't want them to happen, but they're legal and patients go get them and they're they're getting botched abortions from a doctor who they are trusting to give them a real uh, service and things are happening that put them at risk and all I'm trying to do is make sure that that doesn't happen to them I'm trying to protect them even though I don't want them to do it they're still doing it because it's legal so that resonated with people they understood that and they, I guess they understood that's that's how I that's who, they they knew that was who I am the kind of guy I am, so that made sense to them that I would try even though it's a uh, not not a fun thing to talk about. They made sense to them that 
that yeah, Clyde would try to help those women out to make sure they're safe. And so in the end, it, it didn't hurt the practice when I said, because I could explain that. And I think people appreciated that from that standpoint. We can definitely appreciate that from that standpoint. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I think we all have a job to do. And Jeff had his job to do. We came in to do our job. Mm-hmm. We're just, we help great people help more people. And you know what I, what I appreciate so much about uh, Jeff and who we'll introduce next week. Nelson Peters. Nelson Peters yep. is men and women, in this case, men doing what is right. Right. Not what's popular. Right. Mm-hmm. Jeff, throughout this, standing up for truth, stood up for what was right, and yeah. and took a lot of flack for it. But in the end, it's shown that what he did was the right thing, and it did have the desired effect. Yeah. So, well, that's all we have for today. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us today, and tune in next week as we discuss Chapter Ten, the Forty Three Drafts. Dun, dun, dun. We get to introduce you to a new character, County Commissioner Nelson Peters, who mm-hmm. we've mentioned in this podcast. And be sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. This podcast and ministry is 100% donor funded. And if you'd like to partner with us and share in the mission, visit fearlessfeatures.org. Also visit inwooddrivemovie.com to learn more about our documentary film and companion book we've been discussing here on the show. As always, have a blessed day and live with passion, friends. Friends.